Hello, and welcome back to another week of the DP World Picks and Bets. Skylar Hope here, Tom Jacobs, how are we doing? Good, we're good. It's a, it's a big week on the other side of the pond, so we have to uh, we have to look a little bit deeper into the event this week. It's uh, it's a tough one. Uh, it's got an interesting title and uh, a golf course that I'm actually quite excited about, but haven't uh, haven't seen a whole lot about. Yeah, it's going to be this stretch of golf, and, and arguably, I think the DP World Tour probably this year, as we we mentioned, man, bottom of these fields. Um, as the, the top guys go and play these bigger events on the world tour or on the, on the PGA tour, I mean, no different than players this week. I mean, it's, it's getting thin and um, it creates a lot of opportunity for golfers on the sunshine tour this week. Who've been doing well on the challenge tour and just different golfers um, have just big chances to really solidify uh, their tour status in the DP world tour. And it makes for a lot of variance week in and week out. Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing, right? Is I think the we, we sort of discussed something because, like last year, we had a bit of a European tour take on the Players Championship. This year, we didn't because there wasn't so many guys in the field. You know, there wasn't the, the Victor Prezes and, and you know and people like that that played. But by the same token, they're not here either. Like it is just it's just this real stretch of golf where we've got a couple of decent players. You know, Bernd Wiesberg is obviously the closest thing to an elite player that we've got. Obviously, a Ryder Cupper. Um, Dean Burmese has been popular for for a long, long time. But, um, you know, other than that, it really is kind of Challenge Tour and, and Sunshine Tour regulars, which does, like you say, add in volatility and probably allow us to go a bit further down the board. Yeah, completely agree. Um, and you mentioned up top, you know, for an event like this with a course that hasn't been seen, Outside of some amateur events in South Africa, potentially, I think it was either a Big Easy Tour uh, event. Yeah. It might have been played here as well. Uh, but Wood Golf and Country Club is the name here. Based on what we see from a small sample size of results, looks like we're going to see bombs away. Um, and we say that because you're, a couple of the picks you mentioned have, have some history here who are really, really strong drivers of the golf ball. Not even accurate it's just pure bombs you know that they, they're hitting so um if you see that from from multiple golfers down a list of a small event it's it's enough to at least make a narrative for us to attack this week um so open fairways from from everything that kind of if you do a little flyover you see there so i'm i'm going that angle and and keep it informed from from what we can see on any guys um that continue to play well um, because the odds haven't slashed for everybody, despite some good finishes across the board. Yeah, I think I think the biggest hazards this week are going to be some fairway bunkers that are quite strategically placed. Um, you know, I think you know even some good drives can get end up in there. I think there is some water on here that, that we need to just kind of look for, which does kind of rein people in a little bit. But I, but I think generally speaking, from everything I've read, um, kind of just even from general public reviews, it's kind of been like it, it's a tough course. Uh, for maybe the higher handicaps, but generally speaking, if you're if you're a good player, it's going to be low scoring. So, um, yeah, with that in mind, I've kind of just started my card at forty to one upwards, and and kind of not gone to the top because I don't know that the the best players will be rewarded. Yeah, I don't even have much to to say as we go through the top. I mean, I love what Oliver Becker is doing. Thirty three yeah. one seems uh, pretty low. Um, you know, Justin Harding it, it was the one that gave me a little bit of hesitation. Um, 35 to one. Cause I, I feel like he is as good at times as Dean Burmeister, you know, if not better, 
Um, so, you know, so, but, but that, I mean, Moronk shot a hundred on Saturday, you know, <laughs> so he literally, I think it was an 80 and then he shot like the round of the day the next day, which, uh, it, it's DP world tour golf. Yeah. Golf right there. Um, I, I, th- so, I think for me, it was kind of like, you've got guys up there that all should have, all should be winning, right? You know, we've got Adrian yeah. House up there. We've got John Smith up there. You know, Oliver Becker, you've mentioned, they've been playing very well. Moronk's going to win at some point. Any one of those guys can win. We're not sitting here saying they can't. It's just, you know, these guys can be this price on a golf course that's going to reward them um, and an event that's going to reward them where they actually stand out. Whereas this one, I think, is maybe just go closer to home uh, with, with some South Africans. That certainly dominates my card um, and, and try and just take that. Yeah, I I feel you could go many routes um, with it. I, I don't mind the because South Africa golf. I mean, it's like you see the Florida swing and you see the California swing on the PGA Tour. You know where they've been teeing it up uh, early on in the year isn't necessarily exactly what you see here, especially once you get to kind of where you live in that neck of the woods. It's definitely yeah. way different than than South Africa golf. Um, so. I, I don't mind going that route. It's not actually where I landed for a good amount of mine. I, I sprinkled actually in probably half uh, of my card with some of those guys, but we're not, we're not really getting going uh, till that mid forties. And it's with the Tiger Woods at the challenge tour. Yeah. I mean, we, I've gone with JC Ritchie and, and I just remember that when I was at the open championship, I was kind of watching him and I was kind of taken aback by how well he hit it off the tee. Like I thought it was really impressive. Um, you know, again, when you're a general public and you go around seeing any professional hit a ball off the tee, the danger is you think they're really good and you know they're just not. That's just you know part of being a professional golfer, I guess. But it, it looked good. And then when the numbers, he's he's been back to back top four in, in strokes going tee to green. He's been back to back top three in strokes going approach. Um, he's won two of his last four events. Um, you know, again they're in you know weaker fields, but this this is that apart from those those few odd guys and. Eight wins at this level, uh, Sunshine Tour and Challenge Tour since 2017. Like that is, you know, it's hard to avoid. You know, again, he's world number 147. It's not, you know, it's not like he's, he's an elite player by any means. But when it comes to this field, outside of the guys I already mentioned, Wiesberger, Dietrich, etc., you know, he he's one that I think was actually a bit overlooked. Yeah, I think he opened even at 60s, uh, yeah. and that quickly quickly got bet down. Uh, I, there's nothing to pick apart. I mean, that that wins on the challenge tour are, are very equivalent to what's, you know, this type of field. So to get multiple of those and, again, play well the next week, uh, yeah. I think if we looked at elite drivers in this range, uh, Laurie Cantor is probably the, arguably the best one in the field. You get him at 45 to 1, can he overcome, uh, you know, a victory for the first time? I don't think those are bad odds for him. Matthew Pavan no. arguably has been – maybe the best one of the best players um you know this this season it was weird how, how much he's how much he's gone out in price because we were talking about him last week or two weeks ago where yeah. he was 28 to 1 33 to 1 now he's 50 yeah. that that was quite eye-catching but i just didn't get there yeah i i think you know you can make an argument daniel most time van tonder is similar in, in the, the range to a jc richie type um i i keep going further and further so you know even once we start the 60s, I mean, Langoske at 60 to one after he was 28 not that long ago. You're not going to be shocked uh, when Ben Coley puts him up because uh, we need driving and approach. You know, we, he still has been fine with that, even though he's missing cuts. Um, Katsia is one of the best South African yeah. golfers. 
around. You get the random Ashen Wu win last week. That happens once a year, it feels like. Um, but your guy here at 60 to 1, I think, uh, definitely could be a standout if the course advantage continues. Yeah, so so Wilco Nineaver um is a guy that you know, we've sp- how many times have we spoken about him, you know, on, on the show and he was on the PJ tour feed because he hits it four hundred yards and, and all that sort of stuff. And I don't know whether he was hitting it four hundred yards when he was seventeen, but he won a, an amateur event here. Oh no, sorry, he finished third as an amateur here, uh back in um two thousand eighteen. And I don't generally tend to get too involved with amateur form because you know, it's dangerous and you always see guys that have won an amateur event at Tory Pines or they've won an amateur event at Riviera or something. And there's always these narratives, but this seems quite specific because the pros haven't been playing here. And I think, you know, all of a sudden he's one of the guys out of maybe a hundred of that haven't ever played here, to my knowledge anyway, you know, maybe they do. But um, bombs away, fifth in approach uh, last week, um, which, which is a great sign. And, and I just think that, Given the course, you know, set up and his high upside, I thought he was decent price at kind of like sixty to one. Yeah, and I am going to take something with a grain of salt that you said. So we mentioned last week about stroke skiing statistics with the Sunshine Tour starting to, to pop up. Um, I dug into it a little bit today and seeing just discrepancies on numbers. It, it's probably like early DP World Tour, Euro yeah. Tour stroke skiing that came out. So like. I saw Steve Surrey, for example, gained five and a half strokes off the tee last week in, in two rounds. Yeah. And he's a golfer who is not very long off the Does tee. Does not do that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think there's just some weird things that I'm seeing in the statistics. Um, and that, and that was what I was worried about. That was what I was worried about last week because we said about Russ McGowan, didn't we? And, and that yeah, was behind he, one of the picks. And I think he um, finished dead last. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there, there is obviously that concern. I mean, we've got. We've got those numbers. I certainly believe that Nine Over can do that. I mean, he's a good iron player yes. when he's on form. So that was kind of it wasn't the reason behind it. And again, like JC Ritchie as well, like he he's winning. So we know he's obviously hitting the ball well. So yes. um they weren't the reasons, but they were just hopefully additions. And and the I next that. guy that I've got up and I and I'll go straight into him, this could change things if those figures are not right, is Daniel Gavins. You know, he was First he's green and first in approach last week. And, and but I think those were DP World Tour numbers versus Sunshine right. numbers. So I think we yeah. can have more back, even though last week was probably back to the caddy car. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't and, come and, out till at around. You know, there wasn't no. that link. Yeah, exactly that. And I think also with Daniel Gavins as well, it's believable, right? Because he played, he finished sixth. Uh, and I and I was sort of saying the spring to Bradley Todd earlier. We, we generally message on a Monday morning. And like, I don't think he's ever really been kind of the improvement of Daniel Gavins has ever really been taken into account in the in the betting odds. I think he's always kind of been left behind for some reason. Another he's not a fashionable name. He's not fashionable. He's not a Laurie Cancer. He's not a, you know, he's not a Wilco Nine neighbor to be honest. Um, you know, I just thought he was. I mean, he was like hundred and something to one this morning. I mean, we got him one hundred and fifty to one over here on Betfair. Um, he's just hitting the ball well, and generally speaking, he does kind of pop up on these T screen numbers, and it's more approach than it is. Uh, off the tee, uh, which goes slightly against the the narrative that we've kind of put in our own head. Um, but I think he's a guy that, especially if he does find himself in those bunkers, and you know, I, I think he can grind his way out as well. Yeah, I mean, for a winner, not that long ago, you know, it is it is interesting to to see where he ends up landing. Um, I think, t- to me, the biggest misprice potentially in the field. Um, 
is if, if I'm saying pound for pound, who, who has been the best golfer the last since, uh, since the two Rolex series events, you know, so that uh, Ross Alkaima, both those events match Kenya open. It's hard not to say Hurley long hasn't played the best of literally anybody, uh, an 18th, a third, and then a second. And then I, I like had to triple take the odds as I went down the board. I was like, okay, did he withdraw? Did, uh, you know, is he not teaming up? What's going on? He, he's as long as 75 to one in the States here. Um, he's as short as 33 to one on some books, which I think is much, much yeah, more reasonable. More there's, yeah. what, what is the difference in Oliver Becker and him right now? There, there's none, yeah. in my opinion. Um, so to get double the price, uh, again, we, we bet him la- last week. I was on finishes top five and outside of Ashton Wu running away. I mean, great right there. Um, and probably should have been better. I mean, woke up Sunday morning, one back. Um, yeah. Had, had a real shot at it. 75 to one. So he feels off the top for me, one of the, the biggest misprices. And I'm just going to live in this range. The next one, and again, small sample size statistics and not losing sight after a miscut. Doing that with, with Xander Lombard feels to be probably one of the moves you just eliminate a week. You know, you just eliminate what, what happened last week. And you think about it, I mean, he, he was what, third, I think, in back-to-back weeks, um, yep. one of those being in South Africa on the Challenge Tour. And what he did really well last week, even so, was still drove it exceptional. Um, and if I want a statistic to do well again this week, it, it is driving off the tee. I bet Lombard at 40-1 to 1 last week, and it didn't feel that bad. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. to go back to South Africa, odds now double – after the best stat I'm looking at stayed consistent. He just wasn't good approach, terrible with the putter, lost like three or four strokes putting on one day. Um, so you just kind of wash it away, tee it back up, double the odds. He is uh, definitely my next selection. Yeah, so for me, for going back to kind of Hurley Long for a little bit there, is that we we were quite happy with his price last week. Obviously, you were on him. Uh, I think I put the the moniker on you with uh, with with him and Kinholt. Uh, I, I thought that we were ever going to have a day, and they both kind of faltered from there. And someone actually told told me I was a jinx, so that was good. Um, <laughs> it, he didn't actually pop up in the in the actual. You mentioned whether he'd withdrawn or not. He wasn't actually in the statistics that I was looking at earlier. His name wasn't even in the thing, so there was a there was a worry that he wasn't actually going to play. I think he is, as far as we know. Uh, back to Zion de Lombard, he. Like you say, he's a, he's just not a consistent guy, generally speaking. He is a flash, and when he does it, he hits his driver and irons really well and sometimes can't putt, um, you know, which is the type of guy that you want. You want a guy that's going to spike one week, and he can do it back in South Africa. We were in Kenya last week. We know that there's, there's similarities, but, um, you know, actually back on home soil, um, not sure if he can sleep in his own bed. That's obviously a narrative that always gets uh, chucked around. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that will benefit him. Yeah, the interesting thing you mentioned about Hurley Long there is like I saw some stats, some sites not moving forward with his stats while other sites did. We're in the Wild West when, when yeah. you read the PGA Tour sometimes on, on statistics. So uh, he looked really good at to Green from what was seen. Uh, he has a really good short game, and he is decently long. going to reference the statistic twice, but uh, – uh, Strokes gain Tita Green, Matt, our friend that posts the strokes gain stats on, on the DP World Tour after every round. He had a tweet when Nikolai Hoygaard won that first Ross Alkaima event about distance and about easy holes. Um, Hurley Long was somebody who took advantage on some of those easier holes that distance wise. And in the, the next golfer, also I reference 
that too was a golfer that I don't take as some something that's somebody who's like long off the tee. I was actually genuinely surprised when I was digging into the numbers. But when they looked at drive, I think it was like over 340, and he had like 12 of them, which was inside the top 10. Christopher Broberg, he, he must have just revolutionized, not too much to say, he must have just revamped potentially <laughs> what he was off the tee. I mean, his distance has significantly improved this year, and he is probably the best iron player. Uh, on the tour this season. So you, you add those, his short game has been putrid, but once again, his short game was unbelievable, you know, for a good stretch. Maybe, maybe not a good, maybe, maybe one we actually, now that I quickly pull it up, it might've been literally only the, the Dutch open where he had a good, good week. And that was the best putting performance of all time, potentially. And either way, I thought a few things lined up that if we can find, any relevance of a short game with what he continues to do, hundred to one just feels long from the best iron player on the DP World Tour right now. I think I think with Broberg, it was the distance was actually there before as well. I think, but I think he had that such bad injury that it kind of got debilitated for a little bit, and and you know he he just basically couldn't complete swings. I think that it was kind of reference that um, at his Dutch Open win that someone said that he literally just couldn't complete it and it was so hard to watch. I can't remember it was now, one of his friends on the tour. Um, so, yeah, I think Christopher Broberg, I mean, we, we brought him up a few times when he was 301-401 earlier in the year that just, it just seems so long on someone that is is seemingly back. And, I, you know, everyone went straight to the world to back Hao Tong Lee after a good performance. And, you know, Broberg's the same caliber i would argue you know it's it's the same sort of thing so under one in this field i mean again like i say probably way too many times is that once we get into the triple digits there's not really much convincing you need to do um and if anyone tries to tell me i get it quite a lot i go what do you what do you think of so-and-so 181 i'm like if you like him it's great i said well what's yeah. the point of you know you've, you've got to chuck down coffee money to enjoy it so um yeah that, that was that was interesting one of the guys around um this kind of range that i didn't actually get to uh, just trying to remember what price he was now, but Frederick Lacroix. Um, yes, he, he was so he, close for me. He was in that uh, amateur event I referenced earlier with Nine Neighbor, who finished third. Lacroix finished ninth, shot sixty four there on the in round three. I was going to say on the Saturday, but I don't know what days they play these events. But um, you know, we saw Jaden Scaper in that field. We saw Ludwig Agberg, who I know that you like. Um, you know, Callum Fife is a good player. He's got a lot of upside uh, when he gets onto tour uh, regularly. So it was a decent field. It was a, it was a good um, good period of time for amateur golf. And I would probably think about him, especially if he got to, I mean, we, we get a bit for exchange over here. Maybe he gets a little bit longer. I'd do that. Um, but otherwise, I just went for one big long shot. Yeah, and he was top 10 uh, in the Joburg Open, so a South Africa event uh, to start the season. Of course, we were on him that week as well. So yeah. a little South Africa uh, flair there too. I, I dug into those Broberg numbers quickly, and, and you're right. That that week he won the Dutch Open was the second time that entire season he gained on the field and distance. And then every week from there on out, he has gained on the field every single week. And in those weeks, you know, he had multiple additional top uh, 12 finishes. So definitely um, some, some opportunity there if he can find a putter. The Probably my, outside of Hurley Long, the, the second biggest conviction play um, that I have that I floored at the, at the number, truthfully, yeah. floored. Yeah, yeah. Um, South Africa golf, one of the better golfers in the Sunshine Tour over the last probably three, four years. The winner of that Joe Burger Open, and not even the winner 
run away in the 36 holes could have came back to the field, you know, like <laughs> I think he started, he started to right. Um, yeah, when, yeah. They, when they did, but Thurston Lawrence at 110 to one, um, I finished second last week. Maybe they're just not even thinking about what happened last week. And it's just like, we're rolling the dice again. Because what I thought was extremely interesting is he was, he stood out in the last uh, Ras Al event being really well ball striking despite missing the cut. Gained 2.3 strokes per round in those two rounds. Um, so then, you know, I think he missed the cut maybe on the number because of his uh, around the ring game. And then that last week, he gained another eight strokes ball striking um, on the field. T2 missed a little uh, shorty on the last to be solo second. Um, but He's, he's found himself in contention now multiple times in his, in his start on the European tour. Um, and he, he's been a winner in the past. So for me, one ten to one on a guy T2 last week who has connections in South Africa. And I, I just thought that was kind of a steal. Yeah, so for me, it was one of those ones that I kind of just talked myself out of it for, for absolutely no reason other than the fact that I kind of um, was that win – does that win that was first six holes and could have gone completely differently impacting the way I thought about Thriston Lawrence? So this is a guy that actually, generally speaking, hasn't been historically, you know, in contention very often. You know, his first time he finished second was in 2016. He'd done it another time after that. But then, you know, 2018 he won, 2019 he won. You know, he, he did win, you know, in 2021, whatever way you want to put it. Um, but they were like it was big easy tour, then it was the Sunshine Tour, and then then it was, you know, European tour, DP World Tour. And is it is it a development or is it just lightning in a bottle? And I couldn't quite work out which one it was. I wondered whether that was why the number was being hung and I didn't want to fall for it. I will probably just tell you on it because I, I think that I think it's pointless trying to talk yourself. I've just said what's the point in talking yourself out of a, a triple digit number. Um so Thriston Lawrence would probably be someone I would go to. Yeah, he just seems like the one – I had him a circle that was going to bet probably any number, 50 to 1 or higher, so to get double. Um, you know, that that felt uh, like stealing to me. So I got two more long shots. It's, a, it's an easy overview this week. I don't think you need to really get into the weeds all that much. I know you got one more. So um, I'll go first. I'll go one, you go one, and then I'll yep. uh, slam a swim here. The, the first one would, for me is Lucas Nemix. Uh is that sound right? I don't know. I think he used to be a footballer, right? I, 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 I think this is this is true. He used to be a soccer player. I think. I mean. Oh yeah, you are hundred percent right. He was like a. I'm sure he was a soccer player, and but he's not the one that I thought he was. So there was a guy that used to play for someone like Liverpool or someone like that, or quite a big team. Not him, but I'm pretty sure when I look back at it, he was not the guy I thought he was, but actually a soccer player. I'm pretty sure that's there the case. Was- there really was though, like a soccer. Like I, yeah. I know who you're talking about. I didn't realize he uh, was. He's 32, and um, has had a decent stretch. I would argue over the last three weeks. Um, you know, finishing third in that second Rasa Kaima or the first one, uh, first yeah. event. And again, that course, especially that week, was literally all the best drivers in the field did well. So to see him up there you know with Boygard, with smith with how tong with matthew pavan uh d-tree like all, all these guys we know are driving it well you know that just and his off the t numbers that week were really really strong too i mean 
if you go into, he gained over a stroke per round that week. The next week at WrestleCon, he gained 0.75 strokes per round. Last week wasn't the best off the tee for him, but his approach game was lights out, gaining almost 10 strokes approach in those four rounds, or not 10, gaining about eight strokes uh, around in those, in those four rounds. So outside of Gavin's, he was clear second um, in that statistic. So 150 to one for a golfer that we're kind of leaning into some driving statistics being his uh, strength. I just think there's enough in there um, that give a little, uh, give a little sprinkle on that. I think, you know, the fact that all you've referenced is, is, is absolutely true. I completely made that up about our soccer. I was just checking out while you were talking about him. That is not true. So, um, but there this is a golfer so. who, who, yeah, we'll find it. We're, we're going to find it, and and next week I'm going to tell you the truth because I, I don't make a habit of lying. Um, but Lucas Nemeth, he was third, like you said, in that first race of Kaima. Disappointed on on the bounce back, but 17th in Kenya was great. Um, and it, he's just been steady, right? Like he he's built his career on being a steady golfer to this point, and now's probably the time for him to kick on. And and this is the sort of event that you would. Um, expect him to do that so um, like you say I, I think it's it's such a tough event to get right I think I'm getting my excuses out early um, I, I think it's a tough course to kind of handicap because I don't think there's an obvious path to victory like we think it's bombs away but we don't know it could it could be anything you know it could get firm and fast for we know and, and run off and, and all sorts but I think it is the right approach to take the guys that are just strong off the tee or, you know, lights out with their irons, um, which generally pays off most weeks. But yes, that is a long way of me saying that I like the Lucas Nemeth pick. Um, Luke Jerling, who I guess that's how you say his name. I can't think of any other way to say his name. I would not be able to pick him out in, you know, a a room full of one person. Um, He was second last week on the challenge tour. And that was kind of enough for me to be surprised that he was 300 or 400 to one. Um, I know you said to proceed caution with, um, you know, those strokes gain data. So depending on how accurate that is, he was first in tee screen last week, first off the tee and 17th in approach. Um, generally seems pretty believable, whether it's as many as he said, I think it said something ridiculous. Like he gained 6.6 strokes on off the tee. So probably not true, but probably true that he was up there considering where he finished. When you look at his kind of career, he's he's done it at, at this level, right? He he was second last week. He was third in the Cape Town Open last year. Two top fives um, before that on the Sunshine Tour as well. Another one, Vodacom uh, Origins, he was third. So he, he's generally just been about. And I, I just thought that for someone that finished second last week, like we see these guys, like you, the, the exact thing that you picked up last week, Marcus Kinholt was like... He won and third on the the Nordic Golf League. And I know there's a lot more upside to someone of Marcus Kinhout, a lot more pedigree in what we know about him. But I'll just take a guy that's just finished second in an event down the road, uh, now coming back to a course that hopefully he knows. Um, as far as I can tell, hits it a decent way off the tee. And uh, he's 300, 400 to one. Yeah. I, I don't I don't blame you there. was probably the favorite at one point on the back nine uh, yeah. as well. So... Um, my final selection is Tristan Stridum. There's two Stridums in the field this week, Aki Stridum and Tristan. So make sure you're on the correct one. Tristan um, has gone third uh, last week. So he closed 65, 64, 68. Uh, and then he finished, I believe, 18th the week before. Um, 
and I think it was three events prior to that had another second place finish. Um, so a golfer who at least has shown us life again, life on that, that tour. So second, 18th, 29th, 13th, second, um, his last five events has not a victory in his, uh, OWGR career, um, five seconds over the last three years in 35 events. So pretty decent strike rate when it comes to that seven more top tens last year in 2021. So literally uh, in almost 50% of the events last year, he did finish inside the top 10. So you get the same type of conversation that you just talked about with your long shot for another one. He was as long as 301 this morning on DraftKings, got sliced into 150 to one. See him as short as 80. Uh, our friend Bradley Todd's on too. So that always has a little impact, but um, you know, I think uh, it's worth taking some South African darts uh, for those guys that are comfortable. And in courses, they're probably way more familiar with than a lot of this. Field. Yeah. And I think I'm pretty sure it must have been the SAO Open Championship. Just looking back, that that we were looking at Tristan Striden before, um, and and he missed the cut there, so we obviously didn't go. We didn't pick him anyway, but we, we I think we talked about him. But Oki Striden actually finished in the top nineteen there. Um, but but they're guys that when you look on tour tips, you look at location form, you look at the course form. Generally, when their events have got limited uh, course history, they tend to be there because they've just been around on the sunshine and big easy tours, and you know they, they haven't really generally left uh, South Africa. But like you say, it's just really lightly run. Like up until um, you know twenty twenties, most starts he'd made uh, was ten, like ten in twenty nineteen, six in twenty eighteen, uh, two in twenty seventeen. Before that. You know, and he had three top tens in, or four top tens in six starts in 2018. Like, he's obviously a good player. Like, whether it's at the next level, probably not. But we're not at the next level. You know, we've got a handful of guys that are. Why is Bernd Wiesberger here? I do not know. Does that mean that he's going to win? I don't know. You know, there's very much a lot of, oh, I don't know this week. And, and I'm sorry to the, to the listeners that, that maybe think that we can dissect it a little bit more than that. But it's just such a hard event to do. And I think I think the best thing we can do and, and the, the straightest way to, to talk about this event is just to say not to go too heavily on it. Um, I don't think there's a, a lot of data there or a lot of history there for us to work with. And I think it's just take your guys that, that maybe you wanted to bat. JC Ritchie was someone I was waiting for at a bigger price to go on. Daniel Gavins is someone I always like. Wilco, we, we always love a reason to bat Wilco 9A Burn. I've batted a guy that I've, I've never seen play golf at uh, 300 to 1. So, um, you know, it, it, it's a light week. Um, two guys that we didn't speak about, Brandon Stone and Sean Norris, are both like 15, 60 to 1. Like they're, they're big prices for those those pedigree guys. So um, it, any one of those guys below 120, you wouldn't be kind of like surprised if they won because they're all better quality than, than most people that are playing here. It's just a really hard week to, uh, to dissect. So the, the advice I took from that is you're going all in on the thousand to one long shot, James Hart Dupreece, who is the yes. longest golfer in the world. So we didn't win on Robson Shinhoi last week. I thought when I woke up and he was under par on Thursday morning, I was like, oh my gosh, we're celebrating. T40, maybe T20? Unfortunately, the front nine on Friday did us in. But yeah, Hart Dupreece uh, finished top 10 um, at that same amateur event. Uh, and he yeah. is, he's long, yeah. he's longer than Wilco. So, um, no, that just was more reason to, to go into our uh, narrative of Bombers will thrive this week. So um, let's run through our cards as we close out here, Tom. Can you go back through it? 
Yeah, so it's JC Ritchie for me. I think he's at 40, 45 to 1. Uh, Daniel Gavins and Wilco Nine were at the 60 to 1 range. And Luke Jerling at 300 or 400 to 1, whatever it is that you can get. Perfect. I'm on Hurley Long, 75 to 1. Xander Lombard, 80. Christopher Grober, 100. Dristan Lawrence, 110 to 1. Tom's joining me there. Um, Lucas Nimics at 150 to 1. And Tristan. Stridum 150-1. to Thank you guys for listening to another week of the DP World Tour Picks and Bets. If you prefer the audio version, always you can follow us on Daily Fantasy Sports Picks and Bets, The Mix. Um, Follow that on any of your podcast platforms. Um, But we appreciate all you guys' support and wish you the best of luck on another week.